Cool. So, what's been going on? Uh, nothing much with me. Just just uh, teaching, doing the usual stuff, exploring and and uh, having fun. And <laughs> well, you mean you're a producer now? <laughs> a producer of uh, of podcasts. Yeah. Well, as opposed to a music producer that I've been for a while. <laughs> well, it's. I mean, th- these are the joys of being able to do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> it's like now I'm a producer now. <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's cool. It's like you just change your job every week. Whatever yeah. you, whatever you want. <laughs> cool. Yeah. It's like if people people ask me, so what do you do? Well, this week um, I produced uh, an audio show or a radio show, whatever. <laughs> I, I didn't, yeah, a podcast. Like, yeah. What's that? Yeah. Like, I uh, I get to hang out with my friends online, <laughs> talk about whatever people can check in on me. It's it's good. Express my ideas. Yeah. 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 Um, myself. I've, I went through Interstellar last night. Yeah. What did you think? I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I think it, it kind of hit me, uh, hit me emotionally, like, you know, where mm. we're going, which is mm. going to kind of lead into like what we want to talk about today. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, should we do an intro? Paradise Paradox. Kurt Robinson, welcome once again. Uh, so there was a couple of interesting things that you wanted to talk about, about Interstellar. Yeah, I, I checked it out last night. There was, uh, let's start with the drone. Yeah. Okay. That, that was a pretty, uh, pretty impressionable scene to start off with. Yeah. Um, I, liked, I liked that it was, a, uh, it was an Indian drone mm-hmm. and it had superior solar technology. Yeah. So, so in the film, they, they discovered this drone that's been floating around for, for years and years that's uh, um, got powered by solar panels, and they go and uh, try to salvage it for parts. Yeah, considering we're going to talk about technology, I mean, drones is something that... Uh, it's, they've been around for a couple of years, but now I think we've seen a few jokes on, on YouTube. There was like, the Amazon ad where they were talking about drone delivering, mm-hmm. delivering stuff. I think um, Snoop Dogg turned up and said that he's... One of his uh, singles is going to be delivered to everyone by drones. Yeah, paid by Bitcoin and delivered by drone. Yeah. I like that. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, and there's companies like that say they're going to deliver burritos, uh, the, the burrito copter, stuff like that. They're going to deliver food. I'm all about by that. drones. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everyone's a midnight adventure, but it's, it's food. Sometimes it's cold out there. Yeah. <laughs> now, well, I mean, today's theme was uh, future and technology. I think that, I mean, we, we talked about propaganda. I mean that that was like the first quarter of the movie was really solid in uh I don't know if they're trying to undermine their own lunar landing yeah. or whether they'll you know I like the fact that they're showing how easy it is to manipulate people by yeah. changing the textbooks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a scene where Matthew McConaughey is is talking to his daughter's teacher and uh the teacher mentions a textbook which he had uh had given to his daughter. And in it, it, it talks about the actual physics or the alleged physics of the moon landing and how spaceships t- took off from Earth, like uh, the Apollo missions. And the teacher says to him, um, well, this, this textbook is out of date because everybody knows that was propaganda um, encouraged to get the USSR to waste their resources. Um, 
so, so it's interesting. Uh, I, I'm trying to analyze it and figure out if there's some kind of hidden meaning here or if they're just just uh, saying it for a joke or what. Because today, of course, the, the accepted view is that the, the Apollo missions were real, that Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong set foot on the moon. And the contrarian view is that it was fake to, to some extent, like either, either they weren't on on the, the craft or they, they never landed on the moon, they just went around in orbit or they, they, yeah, they don't like never left about Earth. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and people yeah. don't like talking about it. Yeah. I, like, I like bringing up the lunar landing as a dinner conversation. Yeah. And people get flustered. There's feathers that are rough. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I'm joking half the time, yeah. most of the time. But people really, they feel like they can identify with these events. Yeah, uh, because it's, it's supposed to be like mankind's greatest uh, achievements yet and and so if you say well was it real um yeah they can get offended for sure <laughs> but i liked more the the fact that they're able to change a textbook so easy and mm. uh you know manipulate control the, yep. the education system i mean these mm. are these were teachers or i don't know principal i don't know who those two people in their school were yeah i think talking. it was a teacher and a principal yeah uh, they were they were they were getting upset too it's like mm. they they knew they had to follow their procedure and you know of course they're getting printed out by you know national education mm. i mean they uh i like that they're bringing that to the masses these mm. ideas of that you know that there's it's possibly propaganda it's not propaganda <laughs> it's like i'm watching i'm enjoying it for the better i mean i can imagine people being a little bit like that's that's weird. <laughs> yeah, that's not right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But it's it's like the movie is kind of very pro United States. Like this is NASA and we're going to do this or whatever. Um, they, did, so, they did present it well. It was, yeah. it was very well done. I mean, I I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. I yeah. think there were many concepts that were portrayed in a way that I, I was happy with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, they also they started with uh, they presented like an interview. Like interview style of making it almost seem like it was a real a real case. And yeah. I mean, we're talking what the the planet gave up on the people, or the people gave yeah. up on the planet. Like droughts affecting farming. I've I've noticed that my whole life has been droughts or climate changes that have affected mm. affected farming, affected product, affected produce. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to go down conspiracy too much, but the technology is there, and this is a movie showing that you know it was an issue for them. It's been an issue for us forever. Yeah, yeah, but that well, yeah, of course, it, uh, of course, as humans were, the beginning of technology was agriculture. I guess that's a, like one of the first technologies that humans came up with. That was and, that was like the first big one. The second one was like the printing press. <laughs> <laughs> like, why, why, other than that, history is always about bad things. Mm. Like you know, we're always based in our history on. What's, what's history? World War One, World War Two, mm. like that's yeah, that, that's our that's our history. But yeah. I mean, I, I I don't know. Like looking at the movie, I thought it was cool. I thought the the, the technology in the movie mm. didn't date it at all. Like mm. that could have been happening today. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There were there were a lot of things which which seem kind of current. Like you look you look at his his truck and it looks like something just from today. But then there's uh, the the drone, which could be something from Tomorrow, or you know, it's a, it's pretty pretty current. It that, could be today. Drone. Yeah, it could be today. I yeah, mean, sure. we're, we're talking about drones delivering hot dogs yeah. and, and yeah. hopefully pizza one day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> moving, moving up. 
Yeah. Um, well, there could be. Th um, I've I've seen some videos. Some people are working on things like hover bikes. Um, so you have a, a a quadcopter, which is a, about the size of, say, two two a, motorbikes. Yeah, like that. Yep. Yep. And you can just jump jump on it and cruise across the plains. Park on um, your roof. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so that could be a possibility in the, in in the next few years. But the idea of, uh, I mean, I can't leave the idea of drones away. Mm. I mean, the, the, a hover bike, hover copter, that's just a drone with a person sitting on top mm. that's controlling it. But these, these drones are controlling themselves now. Mm. Uh, we, uh, I mean, the movie we, we, we saw, what looked like a military drone. Yeah. Uh, you jump on YouTube, you're going to see drones that look like four helicopters sticky taped together. Yeah. But... Uh, I mean, now we—I—I I, I don't know. I don't know what the next drone is going to look like. And yeah, I, and and I don't know what the next drone is going to bring you. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's talk about how 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 uh, Bitcoin and autonomous devices come into that. So, um, so for those of you who don't know, Bitcoin is this this technology uh, which is like the the money for the internet, or some people say it's like the internet of money. It's like the next generation of money. It, it works by having a distributed ledger of transactions. Uh, so, th so that way you don't need a centralized authority like a bank to transact money. You can actually do it from, from one person to another uh, more or less directly with just an, a third party verifying the, the interaction, which doesn't have to be a specific third party uh, like it does with a bank. Um, yeah, I've heard it called and uh, it's, it's an open ledger. It's, a, it's, a, it's almost like a filing system of time and transactions open yeah. to everybody, yep. usable for everyone, a complete platform of trading, yep. uh, electronic digital assets. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what this opens up for the, the future is allowing autonomous systems uh, yeah. access to trade. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's, it's, uh, this, this is the, the next layer of the internet that hasn't quite clicked over yet. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, with a, with an autonomous device, like with with uh, if you have a piece of software right now and it's like an artificial intelligence, it wants to buy something, it would need your credit card. So it can't exactly do that. It can't ex um, like you have things like trading bots, um, but they only work within specific environments. Whereas if you have a piece of software, it can actually own the Bitcoin. So the, the, the device or the software can be autonomous, an economic actor, a, a robotic economic actor working on the internet. Or something with uh, how it applies to these drones, you could imagine um, something like a, an, an Uber-type app. Uh, you want to courier something from one side of the city to the other. You open up your app and you say... Um, Please uh, take this the, this um, package. It's twenty kilograms. Uh, take it to the other side of Guadalajara, and this drone comes in, swoops uh, swoops onto your rooftop or your balcony, uh, takes the package, and and then delivers it to to your friend on the other side of the city. And maybe that uh, maybe that device is actually working for itself in in some sense. Yeah, we're letting um, these robots become people. Yeah, as in access to what we have access to yes accounts that have that can hold our wealth i mean yes. we're talking about a drone that can have its own its own stored value yep in itself and you could i mean i'm i'm jumping ahead now but mm. you could invest in mm. these drones and they're gonna they could they could give you a share of their earnings mm. as 
as robots. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. I mean, I, I'll, you leave, I, I, I mean, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, there's too many ideas going on. Yeah. So I think about things like what if, what if you build a drone and you, and you say to it, okay, um, you're going to go off and, and deliver things for me and you're going to pay me 10% of your profit, but then the other 90% you're going to use to upgrade yourself. So if it receives some damage, it flies itself into a, into a drone repair shop um, gets gets itself fixed up and and maybe the repair shop says oh well actually uh, we could upgrade your engine right now uh, and this will make you you know two two and a half times faster and the the drone uses its its own money stored within it uh, to buy these upgrades and so you you have the, <laughs> these uh, these crazy uh, these robots flying over the city um, working in their own interests and 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 um, contributing to society. Not, not long ago, I watched the movie Planes, the, the Pixar film Planes. Yeah. And, and it's, it's about a, a crop duster mm. that always, always wanted to race. Mm-hmm. And in, in its own mind, it's, it's been racing its whole life. But it ends up getting into this, uh, this world race challenge. Mm-hmm. And through a series of events, it's, it's upgrading itself. Oh, right. I, I can see a drone that could be a standard, you know, community drone delivering mail. Yep. Upgrading itself through its work. Yep. I mean, if, if the AI was programmed to want to survive, or mm. the AI to develop, to grow, to become something better, mm. which I think is a, a common trait in humans. None of us want to die, mm. exactly. But we, and we're always growing. We're always trying to advance ourselves mm. in, in any which way. Yeah. What's the reason why a robot why wouldn't want to do the same thing? Yeah, if, so if they're programmed by humans. Yeah, programmed to be human. for self-preservation. And, and yeah. Totally... But that that becomes a problem too because you um like with with something like a terminator situation like what if you want to shut a drone down and then it says well actually I want to keep <laughs> keep surviving and then uh, do we have like uh that you know that dystopic science fiction situation there's, which, there's been many robot films about yeah. trying to preserve their their life yeah and, and these aren't complicated robots or drones or whatever I mean maybe yeah. a, maybe a flying drone wants to be a robot drone instead. I, mm. I don't know. I really liked in Interstellar the way they presented them as big laptops, big yep. foldable moving. I thought that was cool because uh, I'm sick Fridge of... Fridge-sized laptops. Yeah. <laughs> they almost seemed more human. Yeah. Because of the, the, the voice and the interaction seemed more human than, than, what, you know, than what you see most humanoid-looking robots like you know, some of these yeah. Japanese companies are developing. Yeah. So I wanted to mention to you about the uncanny gap so the, the uncanny gap is this idea in psychology. Uh, so if, if something isn't very human at all, it doesn't bother us. Um, and if something is very human, then it doesn't bother us. But if something is almost human, then it tends to bother us a lot. And that's why um, you see those like Japanese sex droids or whatever, and you think this, this is a bit weird. That's it's, very weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, so, so, and it's also in, in things like movies, like you mentioned Pixar, and you see these things which are just cartoon characters. They're obviously not meant to be real representations of, of humans. And yeah, well, you know, you can enjoy that. But if they're, if, if they're a bit uh, more similar to humans, then it does make you feel a little, a, a little icky. Um, well, people have issues with like cyborg technology. Yeah. Or even just the guy who lost his leg and has... You know the the, uh, the pirate league. Mm. 
I'm sure there's names. <laughs> I'm just Poor little tink tink. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, like you see kids that see some, I see a person in the street that yeah. has some kind of physical anomaly. Yeah. They're like staring at them. Mm. Like this is weird. Like they're really trying, they're really captured by this. And I think a lot of, well, humans in general are captured by people that look different. Mm. Like this is like an underlying issue that all, like, all people have. Yeah. That yeah. they see someone that looks weird and it's weird. That's kind of the same sort of thing you're talking about. About half human or not? I'm not taking, I'm not taking humanity <laughs> away from someone that's that's lost a leg or, or an arm or something. But the fact that they look different mm. is that is that that's kind of the same thing. I I think it's related. Uh, yeah, but not not quite the same thing because it kind of only applies to um, something that's normally something that's artificial. Because even if a, like even if a guy's uh, you know has a tragic accident, he's a burn victim you'll still see from his movements that he's human. Uh, he's still going to be very human. Or you look at some, someone like Stephen Hawking, still very obvious that he's human. And there's, um, you might feel a little strange because he's, he, yeah, he looks a little strange, but, um, but it's not the same th- kind of thing as looking at a, at, at a robot who's trying to imitate a human. Well, let's take that online. Yeah. I mean, we've seen in the movie Her... Yeah. The idea of an AI yep. that is no different to, say, a human being. You mentioned a company. What's that, what's that company called? Uh, Brickworks. A... So Brick, Brickworks is an Indian that. company uh, that provides virtual personal assistance. So you can pay like $300, $400 a month and have a personal assistant in India working for you, um, you know, tr- um, researching documents for you, looking things up for you. Um, uh, book, booking flights and, uh, and hotels. So, like, like, so like an online receptionist. Yep. It's human, 100%. It's a, it's a, yep. it's a person working. Yep. And you could, yeah, you could even get people like this to answer your phone calls. Yeah. That's incredible. How do <laughs> receptionists still have jobs? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, people like talking to people human in touch. our own country. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, oh, no, the, yeah the, hum, the human touch, but also the the personal touch of, of speaking to someone who you know is, is uh, geographically close to you, has a similar cu- culture, um, that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, when you take that to the, to the artificial intelligence, or yeah. like Siri. Yep. So, that, um, yeah, so, so I like to call it the AIPA, the Artificial Intelligence Personal Assistant. So maybe um, Brickworks won't, won't be getting quite as much work in five or ten years because we'll have artificial intelligence software which you can buy for uh, probably a few hundred dollars uh, who will be able to go online and, and, and uh, like prepare research for you, uh, in, investigate documents for your thesis, get them to rank, uh, rank it for you in terms of their relevance. Yeah, um, you'd be sending out topics and you want them, you want them to come yep. back in, in date order, in reference order, in... Yep. In uh, yep, cross referencing for you and everything. And, yep, so much time. Saved. <laughs> yeah, so so much time for um for for scientific research and things like that. So well, yeah, well, I mean, I'm just thinking that that's one job that yep. um I mean that, that's the researcher that's lost that's gained time by not having to do the research job. Yeah. yeah. So that has that job gone, and that yeah. and that's fine for the researcher because we're talking about adding value to the researcher. Yep. But what happens to the receptionist that lost her job? Because yeah. now there's there's someone in in a call center in India looking after that with their their accounts, mm. with their their details, looking mm. up their hotels, booking their flights. 
yep. and giving them an, an assortment of different activities that they might want to do yeah. according to the preferences that, they, that she's understood or he yeah. understood over that time um, based on their interactions. Yeah. So, th I mean, this is a kind of debate that's been going on for a long time. Uh, so, like with the, the, the Luddites, that was like during the Industrial Revolution, I think, they would do things like uh, go, go into factories and, and uh, protest or, or break um, machinery because they were like, if this were done by hand or if this were done on a loom, it would take 10 hours and it would provide so much more, um, so much more wages. But wages doesn't equal productivity, and productivity is, is a more important thing. And as we can see, like in the modern world, the Industrial Revolution didn't really affect unemployment. The, the unemployment rates are pretty similar now as they were 150 years ago. It's an interesting point. You see the graph where productivity yep. is going, going through the roof. Yep. But the, the idea of jobs, it kind of just keeps trickling along at this standard sort of line, yeah. which isn't keeping up with, with unemployment. It's not keeping up with, with, uh, with the amount of people that are now joining the workforce. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, I don't, there are two things we can't compare anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, we need to completely scrap the idea of sending people to work. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully that's something that will become a, a reality. And people uh, always mention this quote from uh, Buckminster Fuller where he says, you know, let's stop, let's stop talking about what the world needs. Let's, let's talk about uh, what, um, what, what inspires you and, and uh, uh, what's more what's really more important rather than looking at just getting a job. He's, he's trying to say that the idea of a, a job is almost obsolete. And that was about 60 years ago he said that. Uh, and I, I, I hope we, we are moving in, into that age where we're so productive that maybe somebody can work for a year and then retire. Um, well, which, was he ahead of his time? Yeah. yeah. 60 years ago seems like <laughs> a long time ago. Yeah, the guy was definitely ahead of his time. He he's like uh, he was like a, a jack of all trades. Oh, oh, that's a yeah. He was a visionary. Yeah, and he he had he researched chemistry and physics and all these different sciences, but and spirituality as well. Um, well, they they're more connected than what we realize. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, you look at let's have a look at this jobs. We're talking about people losing their jobs, gaining more free time to do their own projects, research, whatever, like their, their yep. free time to enjoy their family and, and all that. Yep. Uh, we've covered a receptionist losing her job. We've covered a researcher not having to research as much. Mm. But, I mean, I can see technology coming in and wiping out nearly pretty much every job that I can think of. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're already like um, telemarketing robots, you know, people get calls and, <laughs> and this robot I mean, is we, pretending we to be that, human. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We love receiving some calls. Um, uh, and the, the, the robot will pretend to be a human. And I've heard some calls where, where the guy is trying to uh, work the robot into a trap and keeps asking, oh, I just want you to say um, that you're not a robot. Can you just say those words? And, and the robot is like, ha, ha, ha. Well, uh, let me just explain to you. It never answers the question directly, so it's entirely obvious that it's actually a robot. Um, and and uh, that, that's you know that's interesting because uh, like what if we can have 
artificial intelligence. They're getting like a that. lot better. Yeah, they're getting really good. I mean, looking at the the robot, the laptop, walking laptop, Interstellar. <laughs> yeah. That that guy, if he was sitting right next to him, mm. and just through the radios that they're talking, they, yep. you couldn't tell that wasn't a person. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So you know, what's the what's stopping that kind of technology existing in ten or twenty years? I don't well, think. I'm I'm sure it already exists. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, well, they're definitely working we, on it. We, we look at when, uh, and we always consider artificial intelligence would be at its peak when we're able to beat a chess player yep. and a good chess player. Yep, a grandmaster, yeah. When did that happen? Uh, that, was, that was about 20 years ago, uh, in, sometime in the 90s. It was Gary Kasparov versus Deep Blue. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's only 20 years ago. Like 20 years ago, officially, the first computer, the first AI beat uh-huh. A grandmaster at chess. Yep, yep. Uh, that's what, a, what does that mean? <laughs> well, that's a, the the interesting thing about that is uh, the the kind of twenty twenty hindsight that people have because ten, 10 or 20, 30 years before that, uh, everybody who was in the uh, um, everybody who was in the artificial intelligence field or is critical of the artificial intelligence field, they will say that this sort of thing can can never happen. Um, human um, Chess players are just too good compared to machines. Uh, a computer is never going to beat a grandmaster. But they keep um, moving the peg. Yeah, because that exactly. happened. Exactly. And now they move the goalpost. Exactly. And, and they even changed the the definition of artificial intelligence because every time we uh, we approach something which we previously thought could only be done by humans, now we assume, oh well, it's done by machines, and that's completely normal. Uh, like something like. Uh, like even a Google search or Google Translate, Google Translate is constantly learning. Like whenever you say, actually, um, I know a better translation Jump for this. You edit yourself. Yep. It's recording. And, yep. And, and it uses that data. Uh, I think they actually use that data for profit. So, <laughs> so if you, uh, <laughs> you, use, uh, you correct Google Translate, you're working for free. Um, that, I, don't, I don't think people realize how often they're at work. <laughs> where, I mean, that's just an example. But I mean, yeah. using Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Facebook without the users and generating content yep. is nothing. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, a, a lot of people are interested in this new social network called TSU. And I, that I actually, haven't heard much about it. Other okay. than, I mean, other than it links up to your other ones and you, you can filter towards more than one social network. Oh, well, that, all right. That's what I'd be using it for. I mean, you know, my, my Twitter and Facebook are linked together. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't double post. Sure, sure. Um, but TSU actually compensates users when they generate content. Uh, I think they say a 90% of the revenue that they generate goes towards their users. And there's some little like pyramid or trapezoid scheme, you recruit more people. Trapezoid. <laughs> yeah. As it grows with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and so I, I still don't know if it's viable or not. I haven't tried it. Um, but people are saying you can I've make... I've only briefly say, looked at it myself. Yeah. And, you know, it's receiving a lot of positive and negative. I mean, yeah. a lot of positive in that, yeah, you can continue doing what you're doing and we pay you, but they're negative as in, you know, are really going to get as much as what... As what they, how much are you actually going to receive back for yeah. your content? Yeah. And then how much is your content actually worth? Mm. I mean, this is all future now, mm. and it seems like creative content is the only, is the only product that you can make yourself that's worth anything. Yeah. Every other job can be replaceable by an AI bot, and if not, robot, yep. then there's a robot next to you using you. Everyone's using computers now to 
expand memory, storage, record, whatever functions that the human can't do, yeah. or just trust. Mm. We're being watched at work a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I, I don't need a, a, a cyborg robot teacher behind me making sure that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm. Yeah, um, well, um, it, it brings to mind this, this idea that I had um, about how CPUs are used to um, formulate, are used to design the next level of CPUs. And that's how you get to things where, like Moore's Law, where the, the level of processing power doubles every couple of years. Uh, so because you're using, uh, you know, you use a Pentium, an Intel Pentium chip, um, to to um, perform some new functions, make new calculations, you can do it quicker, and then you design the new architecture of the next chip, which comes out in the in the next six months. Um, and I, I think about that how it applies to artificial intelligence. So if you can be using one of these AIPAs or or like um, an, an artificial intelligence um, unit that that um, does, helps to you design your programs. As a, as a computer programmer, how quickly are the artificial intelligence going to increase in, in like, IQ, I guess? Um, so, so I think in the, in the next couple of years, we're going to be seeing this technology just exponentially increase. I think the programmer has lost his job. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's quite that, that stage because we still, we still need to know what to program, and that's where the, the creation comes into well, it. Yeah, that, that sounds like the logical step. But yep. what happens when the, the drone hired his programmer drone friend to mm. reprogram him? Yes, yes. And, and that's, a, that's an idea, an interesting idea too. Like what about programs that can even rewrite themselves, develop themselves, come up with, with something better? And, and that is when shit is going to get crazy go nuts. So, yeah, it's, what, what are we left with? <laughs> like when, when all of a sudden our intelligence isn't ours anymore. Yeah. Like intelligence isn't something we bring to the table. Mm. That's different. Mm. Mm. Then I, I don't know what the hell we do. <laughs> the, then, well, some people imagine this world like uh, there was that movie Wally, and all of the all of the humans are like huge fat but blobs that, that just drinking. That's not their fault. <laughs> they were up in space for 70 billion years, 70 million years. I mean, if I was sitting down in a space paradise for 70 million years, I'd probably get fat too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Did you enjoy that movie? Uh, I haven't seen it, actually. I've just seen it. Oh, man, you got to check it out. It's a beautiful story of, of love. <laughs> it's, uh, it's an old-style robot yep. that somehow had survived. And oh, okay. he's like, he's a... He's like a little uh, garbage cleanup robot, yep. and it's and you can see the flashbacks to like the, the prime of the of the human race reality, and and this is the the robot that was like last robot to be brought in mm. that's going to clean up everyone's mess. All right, okay. and one of them survived. Wally, he's cruising around, just grabbing garbage and compressing it and building like box like stacks of this okay. garbage, uh, and then as using it to build an empire. Yeah, well, he's, he's building. You see, he's cleaning up the city. Uh -huh. He's the only one there. He doesn't know what's going on. But he's got, uh, he collects human things, uh -huh. which is like, uh, like records, music. Yep. He's got a TV. He's worked out how to record tapes. And he's, he collects like funny knickknacks uh -huh. that, he, that he finds. And uh, there is, I mean, there's a really good scene where he picks something up and he throws the part that we consider valuable away. 
Oh, right. But he keeps something that's like, uh, I can't remember what it is. It's, it's really cool. <laughs> anyway, they send another drone down to look for life on the planet. Yeah. And he ends up falling in love with the life drone and they become friends and save the, save the human race because... No, I don't want to ruin it for you, but that's, okay. that's a good start. Definitely <laughs> check it out. It's a, it's a cool movie. It's got some really good ideas. Okay. But it's okay. a kid's movie. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so another thing is like how, how Bitcoin is going to um, change, change our lives in other ways. So there are already things that are starting to come in now, like peer-to-peer lending. Like, for example, you can go on uh, this website called Society One, uh, where you... you um, you can deposit money and invest money there and it'll give you a much better return uh, than you're getting from a banks. But what they're actually doing from, with the money is lending it out to people just like you um, who, who need money. Well, the peer-to-peer lending opens up avenues of crowdfunding. Yes. It allows people to band together, yes. burden with a dollar and put in effort, value towards a, towards a cause or a project that's going to directly benefit them. And a lot of these, yeah. a lot of these causes actually give back, like they actually say, you know, the first we need twenty thousand dollars to do this. <laughs> the first people that put it in, we're going to give you, uh, I don't know, like say they're going to put together a book or they're yeah. going to put together a movie. There's yeah. a lot of crowdfunding for documentaries and things, and they get invited to you know their local uh, pre-screening, mm. they, you know, different events, and they they get some value, direct value out of it as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's getting things done. And is in being involved. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's going to start to apply to things which are traditionally done by government. Like, say, if there's if there's some cause in a community uh, where the government just refuses to take action, like, say, they need to repair a certain road or uh, build a bridge, and uh, for, for whatever reason the government isn't doing it, um, the people in the community can, uh, can, can get together and use this technology uh, to, to pay the contractors. And, uh, and I think that's a, a, a great way that people can move forward and, and uh, develop more freedom, less reliance on government systems, old systems. Yeah, I like, I like that. Less mm. reliance and more power. Yes, yes. More, more like consumer power. It's more like a, a free market where the consumer is king. Well, at least you know what you're getting. Yeah. Like, at least you know what you're buying. Yeah, yeah. It's not like with, with taxes, they take that money and, you know, they throw it down the money hole. Uh, you never see it again. <laughs> I've never found that money hole. <laughs> oh, well, it actually goes right into the center of the earth and well, money it, burns up. It definitely burns up. It's not <laughs> yeah. worth as much as what it used to be. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, look, the, the, the peer-to-peer, the, the construction, the, the, the whole idea of Bitcoin and being able to trade some kind of electronic online commodity... Yep. Value for value trade isn't something that's going to be limited to humans in their, their bank account. I mean, most of the exchanges now that are set up to benefit and, and help uh, connection mm. for, for normal users to Bitcoin are connecting through bank accounts. Yes. But it's, going to, it's not far away. Actually, you could do it now. Trade yep. directly between people and people, device to device. Yep. Uh, man, I could, I could print out an offline Bitcoin account and give it to you in yes. a paper form. Like, yes. You know, we, we can go back and trade in paper like, <laughs> like back then. Wait, wait, trading paper? Isn't that... <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a bad thing that we were doing. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a bad thing. But, no, no but it's that's not, gonna... not necessarily. In this case, because it's still representative of, of something uh, which, which has value. I just thought that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a bad thing because we call it currency. Yeah. That's a bad thing.
currency as, as opposed to money. As, a, as um, opposed to a, um, yeah, or your money, money, a, a, yeah. a fixed value, something that's not going to be um, yeah. devalued. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, this is, it needs to go into way more further explanation. The, the concept of money, currency, yeah. value, uh, and the factors of inflation, deinflation, lowering yeah. purchasing power. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole other topic. But but, but basically, um, like the, there are characteristics of, of money. Um, like if if you make a distinction between the two terms, money and currency, uh, like money is supposed to be portable, durable. It's a it's a store of value. It's it's readily accepted. And those were properties of money which uh, which the Greeks um, discovered like thousands of years ago. Um, but currency and uh, like if, if you have pesos, you have dollars or, or rands, whatever, um, they're not representative of anything else. They're just paper. And that means a, a central bank can, can keep producing more and more, and that devalues the currency. So it's a, not a store of value. That's just what's um, happening. But that's, yep. it's the only, I mean, the main thing is the liquidity yeah. of the paper that we carry in our wallets, the currency that we use, and the mm. fact that we can go to any store and, and trade them for something we want. But if we go to real money, yeah, like a real store of value, like yep. what we consider gold, silver. Yeah, and hopefully Bitcoin or other well, I think ma Many of us already do. Yeah, I can't go to a store just yet and say, "Here's my here's my gold coin." You know, yeah. I want uh, you know I want two kilos of that, mm. whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. Well, not not all stores. Some stores will accept. Like I've seen I've seen videos where people walk in uh, into stores in the U.S. with constitutional money. Uh, like silver, silver dimes, silver quarters, and they hand them over, and the, the attendant will weigh them and look at which year it is to determine what the silver content. That's just and, so much more work. <laughs> yeah, it is, but that's a that, that's a problem because the money is being debased. It's it's uh, well, the currency these days doesn't have silver content. This is why we can keep all the characteristics of real money and jump straight through to digital. Yeah, like we're we're talking now the opportunity where our cleaning drone can now have its own, its own online account. Yeah. It can be working for itself. Yeah. We, 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 yeah. Can, we can give our machines freedom to, uh, or, or maybe from our point of view, they could store their own, their own work yeah. in their value and we can, that can be reinvested to be there forever. Mm. Mm. I could say, I'm going to buy a cleaning robot for my house. That yeah. cleaning robot is never going to die because it's paying for its own upgrades. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe it's even buying other cleaning drones. This cleaning drone is running its own business. You know? It's got a street uh, down. Yeah. So, it's, so instead of a Mexican like, cleaning lady that comes by here like, every, every week and you pay her 100 pesos and you've got a droid that comes in. Digital hustle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but also I think it's, I, I think it's important because um, so much value of, of our currency gets stolen by governments by this inflation or indirectly stolen it's not exactly theft but it's pretty close uh and and the problem with that is it takes away the capital that people can use for for creating more innovations and when when uh bitcoin takes over and people have more control over their money uh, because it's um because it's it's got a set rate of inflation it, it only inflates so much they can only be ever 21 million yeah, bitcoins the characteristics are there for real money yes but you mentioned something yep. that, that, that triggered the reinvesting for for uh, in innovation. Yeah, people are going to people are going to start stacking value. Yep, 
they're not going to be stacked in currency, stacked yep. in dollar figures, money. I yep. mean, dollar figures, that's, that's what we were working in. Hmm. Uh, where we're, we're holding money that's, that's getting devalued. We've got no control yep. over, our, over our wealth. Yep. We're, we're being robbed, man, from the inside out, from the inside of our bank accounts. We don't even need <laughs> bank accounts anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my, my vacuum cleaner's got a, a Bitcoin account. <laughs> and it works for itself. <laughs> man, I, I, freedom seems like a, a cool thing. Yeah, yeah, economic freedom that Bitcoin's going to allow us. But when a central bank is able to print more money, yeah. the implications of that is it goes far beyond just the fact that the money being devalued. Hmm. Like the, the, the deficit of the, the funds on the country, they're, yeah. actually, they're actually robbing the, the cost of the labor of the, of the population, the workforce. Yes, yes. The workforce uh, being, the labor force being the, the number one commodity of that country. Hmm. And all of a sudden the money they're getting paid is worth less. Hmm. Yeah, that's a big... A big problem, and that's got a big solution. So um, how, how do I go ahead and pull myself away from that system so that I can start printing my own money on my own labor, on my own production, on my own output, my yeah. own creative ability? Yeah, yeah. Well, let's get into that in a sec. I think we need to take a break. Yeah, so Tatiana Coyne, so that's a, uh, the, the artist, the, the singer and songwriter Tatiana Moroz um, decided to release her own form of cryptocurrency and that way it's like she's selling a stake in herself or selling a stake in her future value, future fame. This is something that's never really been out. You can never really do it. Mm. I mean, yeah. you can never really trust what was going to happen. Yeah. Or like if you wanted to be a publicly listed company, you'd have to spend like more than a million dollars uh, just organizing the initial public offering. Yeah, I mean, to, to float a company is like a massive deal. Now you're yep. saying that anyone, well, I mean, that's, that's what Bitcoin is opening up. I mean, this yep. is just one platform on, on unlimited possibilities that, that this, this ledger, yeah. this, this yeah. Is, a whole, is a whole new world, man. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think it makes things a lot more horizontal, like... Um, in, in terms of all these peer-to-peer -peer technologies, um, or some, some people refer to it as de-chunking. So things that are like, for example, a, a bank traditionally provides savings and loan, but now you can have your own savings in Bitcoin, and then, then you can use a peer-to-peer -peer lending service. And uh, instead of uh, listing things on, on the stock market, um, uh, you can have uh, create your own cryptocurrency or colored coins or something like that. Um, where, so, so more and more control gets provided to the consumer. Well, we, we mentioned that there's companies that set up themselves on top of social trade constructs, mm. like insurance companies, I think we mentioned in a, in a previous app. But now we're mm. talking, there's going to be companies that are going to be coming popping up 
yeah. helping you establish and set up your own coin. I mean, yeah. I'm sure they already are. Oh, the, you can go in there and, and create your own coin in like five minutes if you want to do that. Uh, we should do that. <laughs> we should, I mean, I, paradox I, we should definitely do that. That's, that's an idea. Yeah. Okay, so we can, we can release I, a paradox no, coin I'm, and people I'm not can buy. In, yeah, um, I'm, not, I'm not in a rush, but uh, it's, it's, it's a future project. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, I, that's backing yourself. That's letting <laughs> other people help you. Mm. And, and we're talking about Bitcoin and other crypto, cryptocurrency in general, yep. allowing you to give value to other people to let them fulfill their projects. Yeah. And you, re I mean, receive value back to trade the value to just getting away from the banking system is a big step mm. Mm. Uh, to start with. Yeah. But crowdfunding on top of that. Yeah. And then how this is going to affect government. Yeah. How this is going to affect, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't see a future for banks. Yeah. Uh, doing, doing a banks little bit. Banks are going to be like, I don't know, like, like radio is now in 20 years. People, some people will still be using banks because they're still comfortable with it. Or, you know, how many people do you know that buy physical CDs and I can't. But I'm sure C people do. I'm G? sure they're. <laughs> I, I see more. Well, I mean, banks, banking's an industry that's changing like, yep. radically. There's, there's whole new. There's new terms that have been coming out in, in fun, in the financial industry in general. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but when you look at what uh, you start googling, like green, green and blue banking, mm -hmm. ethical banking, sustainable banking. These are all completely new terms that are establishing little banks, community yep. banks that are up and growing based on these kinds of technologies. And, and more so these ideas. Yep. A lot of these banks are still using a currency or money. They're still operating they the same. Currency. Yeah. In the same, they're still operating in the same world, offering the same services other banks are, yep. but they're just carrying themselves a little bit differently. Right. The idea of ethical banking, I, I, it makes me laugh. When when is banking not being ethical? Why do you have to call it ethical? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a the bit chicken, of emphasis there. Like the chicken nugget example. It's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. golden. So the chicken, the chicken nugget. So it comes up on uh, a few years ago. Chicken nuggets come up saying, now with the hundred percent chicken breast, and and you have to ask, what the hell was in it before? But we know what was in the banking system before. There was corruption and. The, um, people talk about the honky shonky banking corporation who launders money for cartels here in Mexico. Um, but uh, I mean, not that not that I have anything against people making their living uh, these, selling pharmaceuticals. These <laughs> these are all functions of society. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this is basic Austrian economics, right? <laughs> yeah, supply and demand. People people want to get high, and people sell that what it takes to get high so that's fine that's I, fine by me I, I've, I've got no place to impose my beliefs or rules upon anybody mm. and I think opening up these systems and allowing you to do it to follow you and what you want to do yeah uh, and if that's through I, I think producing content mm. is the number one resource of of this of this new this new world yeah I mean yeah. If, if you're not producing your own creative ideas if you're not following your own spiritual callings, yep. then you're doing something you're not supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. Well, I still, I, I, I was mentioning to you before about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and I kind of see that a progression uh, as of human culture as well. Because, yeah, originally, um, back in the day, we we're all cavemen, and we had to struggle to eat, 
Um, so we had to struggle to meet our physiological needs, uh, food, air, water, um, and sex. Uh, and then thing, things progress a little, we develop agriculture, and then it becomes more about community uh, and, and, and uh, being, being on a personal level, uh, being held in esteem, contributing something to the community, something like that. And then it comes to, to self-actualization. But I think we're actually seeing actualization of a species where um, food and water don't, don't become so important because we're starting to live in the, in the age of abundance. Uh, poverty is, is going down and down and down. Uh, less people now live in extreme poverty than ever before in history. Uh, and, and that's very interesting. So, so now we can focus on doing things like creating ideas. Ideas become like currency. Ideas become so valuable. Yeah, ideas are a commodity. Um, but not necessarily in, in terms of uh, like superficial materialistic um, or financial point, point value. Yeah, not just financial value because we're, we're talking about things that can change the world. Um, well, it's, it's time that we start thinking on a collective culture basis, yep. on, a, on a collective community basis. And what yep. we want, not so much for, for each individual life, but you know, what, what, do we want for, what do we want to show as a species, as a, as a people? It's looking at the world where the way it is now. We basically we're starting a whole new thing now, and there's definitely this this movement that's coming through that people want to help other people. Yeah, I don't know anybody that doesn't want to help someone else do what they want to do. As long as yeah. I understand, helping other people can only be helping yourself. Mm. You are able to experience all time and space in in the same realm. Yeah. Across you, you can travel time, you can travel space yeah. w without limitation. Yeah. So yeah. we can all do that now. We can? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I can be here yeah. and I can be there at the same time if I'm able to expand my empathy, ah, project, ah. use my creativity, my imagination yeah. to what you're experiencing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that yes, way there's yes. like, I, I could imagine the, the compass how, how the, the compass moves to wherever it is, but yep. it's the same compass. Yep. And if you took a photo of the compass here, it would be how it would have this true north, right? Yep. It would have north here. But if you move to the other side, or if you move to somewhere else, you would see the arms move to, where, to wherever you were moving to. Yes. So, but it's still the same compass. As in a human being is still the same human being, just expanded. They're, they're expanding superimposed realities on top of each other. And mm. that's what I really mm. liked the way the movie was able to explain, which yeah. I think is the underlying, the underlying feeling of what we're, what we're experiencing now, where people are moving towards, I don't like my street the way it is. Why is there garbage over there? Yeah. <laughs> if this is my street, this is my community, right. this, is, this is my world. Yeah. Like, I'm taking it all. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to step up and yeah. take responsibility for my world and I can see institutions that aren't helping my people. Mm. So lead the example, set mm. yourself up with, a, with something else, mm. with another way of thinking. Mm. I don't know, we've gone too far off there. Yeah, I think we've, we've strayed a bit. But that's, that's, I think that's a quick, interesting view of like the spiritual or in, interpersonal, uh, um, yeah, and <laughs> more more enlightened view of, of our species that we might gain from technology. Well, it's, um, I think that's where technology is going. 
yes. it's linking us together across the world and yep. all of a sudden yeah. issues that are affecting other people are affecting me. Yes, yes. Because I could be that person. Mm. Yeah, not not like, that I am that person, mm. but what's stopping that issue from coming here? Yes. Let's just yes. get rid of the issue to start with. Yeah, so, so it's kind of like studying history. Now we can study the, the current world all over the world at, at once. Uh, and, and we see, yeah, we, we ask those questions like, if that's happening over there, you know, what's, how is it affecting us? And, and yeah. Do the, it's the same thing with, it was like any issue. You look at hunger, you look at war, you look at conflict. Yeah. These issues aren't in this room right now. Mm-hmm. But what's stopping them from joining this room? If we let them be a reality mm-hmm. in the collective, Mm. Like if, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you with me? It's like well, the, this, the fact is, that this is kind of like the the idea of human rights, and I I hear people uh, say this sometimes. Like for for example, I was at a I was at a concert. Um, we're talking about um, Aboriginal rights in Australia and the problems with the the Northern Territory intervention, and and uh, one of the speakers said, if they can take away our rights, you know. They're going to come for yours next. No, that's going to happen. So, and and that's why it's so important to uh, to defend even your enemies. <laughs> uh, but we're, yeah, I we're, we're getting we're, so far. I don't think we're with that collectively. We're yeah. definitely not there yet. Yeah, but we can see that it's it's an awareness that's changing. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah. I think people are much more aware of uh, people on the other side of the globe than than they were just a few years ago. And yeah, and that's and, and this is a this is a byproduct of technology. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we we were going to talk about a little bit about nanotechnology as well. Ooh, it's scary stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's invisible. <laughs> yeah, that's another be. dimension. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Ray Kurzweil talks about these ideas, like in in a few years, uh, a, a artificial blood cell could be produced. Um, injected inside your body and and it can keep your bloodstream pumping like hours after your heart stops so if you have a heart attack you would never know about it (laughs) (laughs) no if you have a heart attack you have plenty of time to get to the hospital yeah and this is going to increase the lifespan of humans significantly so so in a few years we could be you know 100 years could be the average age you know and then um, he he has this idea of like the perpetual uh, perpetual expanded life cycle. So you get to the stage where um, seventy is a normal age, for, or, or you expand your lifespan to seventy, then eighty, then ninety. Every ten years, there's a new technology that's developed that helps you extend your lifespan more and more. And yeah. so, I, yeah, I, why I not think, live forever? I think the technology is going too far. Yeah. I mean, the the idea of okay, why not live forever? Yeah. But the, the understandings of, of life yeah. aren't at the same level. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really don't, I don't see where we're going to finish, like where, where we're going to end. If people can, can keep prolonging their life, I'm assuming the majority of people will, but when we, need yeah. to, when we need to understand, respect, and appreciate the people that are done with their life, yeah. Yeah. people that are suffering, yes. and, and say, you know what, I'm, I'm happy to depart you. Yeah. Can I please go now? Yeah. Yeah. And it just seemed like suicide is, is obviously a choice. Yes. And not a choice we should encourage, but... Yeah, but I'm a saying choice it, that's a, a, available. It, 
if you live to uh, you know seventy or hundred years old and you say, I think it's uh, I think it's time to leave, uh, then that's going that's definitely going to be a an ethical question that's brought more to the forefront. That's really good, and an ethical an ethical. I, I I mean we can't we don't let people kill themselves now. Yeah. Like it's just something society doesn't appreciate. Yeah, or at least they, they don't publicly allow it because I, 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 <laughs> I've seen discussions about go, this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've seen discussions about this and, and normally um, like in Australia in, in a hospital, what will commonly happen is um, they'll give some nod or, or wink to a nurse or, or doctor and, and they they'll, yeah, they just pump up the morphine and... Yeah, yeah, I think even even out. even that's something that's I think accepted mm. in that industry. Yes, it's yes. like it's kind of it's like it's, it's shushed. It's pretty put under the rug, but yes. it's it's people know it's there. Yeah, and uh, in in one respect, why is it like why is it such a big deal? Mm. Because people have like fetish, I guess, for life, or they have, they the death is a taboo, um, and. That's one thing that, of course, is interesting about Mexico. They have people here have a very different understanding about death. Totally different concept. Yeah, um, and I guess we can talk about that another time. For sure, definitely. Um, well, yeah. bi- biometrics mm. and being able to to grab someone's. Um, I mean, we're talking about making using nanotechnology to pro- prolong someone's life. Yeah, uh, assist them. I mean, uh, Ray Kurzweil talks about. Uh, using nanobots to go in and, and clean cholesterol yep. to detect cancer. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's there's unlimited options once you can get inside yeah. your body and, and just do investigations mm. on you know on where you where you are or give real feedback of, of status mm. on, on someone that's completely healthy. You don't have to wait for someone to be sick yep. to use this kind of technology. This is about keeping people healthy, healthy forever. Mm. Uh, there's, I, I don't know who wouldn't want that. Mm. Especially yeah. if you have the choice, if you have the choice. Mm. But I mean, you know, of course, everything, living, living in a, a, a polar world, everything can go the other way as well. I mean, like, you, know, you could use this technology in, um, I don't know, negative. Yeah, negative as, a, applications. as a weapon. It could definitely be used as a weapon. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I mean, just in the intrusive idea of having these machines inside you. Yeah, yeah. And like, what if the. What if it gets hacked and you know you have <laughs> you have a machine inside of you and that's that's going to be a question which people are going to have to face too. Like, well, um, maybe I mean I'm more concerned in in the, the reasoning why they let them inside their body and the, yeah. you know the the post additions or changes to application mm-hmm. that they might have. I mean there could be there could be spyware yep. <laughs> in your in your bots yep. in your your body. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the information that you're given is like Google's got this whole 7 billion people already wrapped up. I mean, who's to say they don't already? Yeah, Google could have your entire medical records and your entire functioning uh, a model of your, of your respiratory system. Well, yeah. that, that's just the surface. I mean, yeah. they, they could be scanning like health for, for communities, countries yeah. in, in one hit. But what, but what about like the the nano drones that are flying around your house, keeping an eye on you? Mm. I mean, this is we're talking about privacy completely being being removed. Yeah, looking at, looking into windows, and you have to set up a Faraday cage so they can't into your house. Man, <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> well, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a movement towards uh, moving away from Wi-Fi technology yeah. and uh, electromagnetic fields. Oh, okay, okay. Because of the, the way these affect our, our body. I mean, there hasn't been long-term studies to say that they've... I've seen a couple that have come out, but I think the sample size need to be bigger, um, where, uh, of course, there's... I mean, it's, it should be common knowledge that all our bodies have an electromagnetic field. Yeah. And that field interacts with the planet's electromagnetic field. Yeah. But what our, what our technology is doing to interfere with that, I mean, the only real, the only real negative outcomes that we, that we can see, that we've seen, are when, you know, when all of a sudden all the, all the fish beach themselves or we find, you know, a, a pod of beached whales that through their, um, you know, okay. I, I mean, I'm not sure okay. if that's affecting it or when, you know, yeah. when, you know we've seen cases where... Yeah, where like birds like, just drop out of the sky and... Yeah. Well, these are, I mean, a lot of people have different ideas, but let's yeah. say they, their, their electromagnetic field was interrupted. Yeah. And that's what caused that. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if that, that is what causes that, but it seems like such a big negative thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, I would, go, I would look at the other side because an, an emerging technology, or it's kind of an established technology that, that I think is very important is, is mesh nets. So, for example, in Melbourne... Um, there's a there's an intranet all over Melbourne uh, where you can log in and it's it's completely wireless and it's set up by a bunch of routers put together um, so people join this network uh, because they want to be a part of it and they think this sort of thing is important so it's this this free intranet and you know you can do things on there that you can on the internet just at a at a smaller scale um, but I'm eager to see. Uh, when the, these intranets all start connecting, and then we don't need uh, we don't need internet access anymore. Or, or sorry, we don't need traditional internet access anymore um, because or we don't need an internet service provider. You just log in, and that means this information is freely available to anybody. Um, so even somebody who's you know who's only earning a hundred dollars a month, he doesn't have to pay that twenty or fifty dollars to access the internet anymore. Um, and there's, an, there's another interesting uh, crowdfunded technology that I was looking at. It's, it's called the Lantern, and it's, it's built as a kind of uh, community library. And it's just this little device about the size of a flashlight, and it, it transmits Wi-Fi, but it's, it's, it's constantly receiving information via satellite at a, a very slow rate, about two megabytes per day. Um, but then everybody in the community has access to this uh, this this free limited internet, um, and so so they can all access it and use it as as a community library. Yeah, that's this is like uh, this is going to open up. Yeah, open up the the information for people that just yeah. couldn't get it before. Yeah, uh, I've heard of cases where they have a community community charging stations yeah. in like in rural areas of Africa. Yeah, where it would it'd be normal for people to get up. At, or any time during the day, and just mm-hmm. go plug their, their phone in. Mm-hmm. Because their, their mobile phone covers all their entertainment. Yep. And, and a, lot of, um, a lot of financial purposes as well. Because even though um, I don't think Bitcoin is, is fully available yet uh, in, in Africa, like by a feature phone, but that, that's something they're working on. Right now they have M-Pesa, where you, you send your minutes to, to each other as a form of currency. And people can send, uh, can can pay their water bills, their electricity bills using this currency. 
I found that M-Pesa system, when I first came across it, fascinating, that it hasn't been, it hasn't been a, a larger. I think the, the idea of cryptocurrencies has opened up the, the concept that things that we may not consider currency yeah. can become tradable currency. And, yeah. and M-Pesa was one that when I first came across it, 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 it really led me on this track mm-hmm. of, man, that there are, there are movements or there are ways of, of liberating people from financial traps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so, it's a beginning. Yeah. And so that's starting to provide people um, serve in financial services who have never had it before, like, like um, uh, loans and, and uh, insurance for their crops. Uh, which it, it gives them access to, to any service where they, you'd probably be taken, it's probably services that are taken for granted in, in first world countries yeah. because there just is no access. Yes. I, I know yes. like in, uh, in most African countries, it's like less than, less than 20%, yes. probably less than that. Have, less than 20% banked. Yeah. Would, have, would have bank accounts yep. and they just don't see the point in having yeah. bank accounts. Well, it's not that they don't see the point. It's that um, like the, it's only the bigger cities that tend to have bank branches um, because there's like this is like a kind of vicious cycle because there's not that much demand. People don't, people don't open bank accounts and people don't but go to bank banks. It's also um, an, an it's, it's a it's a product of having of having money as well. Yeah. Because what banks don't do very well are micro payments. Yes. Which from mobile devices, from well, I mean these cryptocurrencies are going to thrive on micro payments. Yeah. The the concept of having a having internet, having a mesh net, having internet. Stabilize where you're, you're literally bunny hopping accounts. Like you're connected to someone else, they connect to someone else, they connect yeah. to someone else, and you've created this whole grid of, of network of yeah. free internet. Uh, these people could charge for their internet. It might only be a few cents mm. to for when visitors or when someone out of the area or when you're just, you just want internet, yeah. you, can, you can freely connect, yeah. but it's, it's going to cost you. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, I mean, internet... using that word like it makes it's it's completely free once you pay a hundred dollars. What do yeah. you mean? <laughs> That's so true. You got me. Uh, no, I I mean like it's it's available, like it's it's freely available. Yeah. But the fact as, that as in freedom of speech. Yeah, as in the, yeah. there's no there's no limitation yeah. to who can and who can't connect. Yeah. But the service itself is is going to will have a fee. Okay. Just to keep the service, because I mean, you can't have a service open adding value without receiving value. Oh, but you can. Oh, well, uh, that is not exactly because in in this case, um, it's it's like, uh, for example, I'm trying to think of the analogy. Um, so, so the internet at the moment, um, you can have a server, and and your server has a couple of connections uh, to different points, and uh, people send data through your server. It's called they, they used to call it point-to-point protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we can demonstrate this now, like we use uh, a, a little utility called traceroute. Uh, like if I put in traceroute google.com, it'll tell me all the leaps that it has to go through to yeah, get to it's, Google. It's, it's, quite, it's quite good to see how, how far it goes, yeah. not where you expect it to go, yeah. and then come yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so it's just, it, uh, hopefully it's going to be this, the same thing uh, when mesh nets take off, which I'm pretty confident they they will. Oh, without a um, doubt, it's it's definitely something that's that's right. It's right here, just yeah. about it's just about to be turned on because there's no yeah. reason why everyone's mobile phone couldn't talk to each other mm. all the time. Yeah, you know, exactly. From, like fire chat. Yes, fire chat's already there. Yeah, it's it's, it's here. 
Yep. That's exciting because, I, I mean, from a financial point of view, uh, as in everyone needs to share the value of what it is. Mm. So for me to have my, my router turned on and at the front of my house to give it to my other neighbors or other people in the street, yep. you know, what's, what's stopping people from creating a, a token, mm-hmm. some kind of trade and value of, we can call it a, a mesh net coin or a mm-hmm. mesh net token. And, and this is something that when, when people borrow your internet, you receive these coins. Yeah. When, when you borrow someone else's internet, you pass them coin. If, if it's necessary. I don't think it will even be necessary. I, I don't, um, looking at it, I don't think it will maybe, either. Maybe in the beginning, but, but I, I don't think it will be a, a big deal because people are willing to put that service up there because they, they get something from the network being there. They use the network uh, and they don't need to, to manage exactly how much money they... If it's, it's going to be there anyway. If it's going to be there anyway, then then you're right. There's, yeah. there's really no point. I mean, you, you look at even here, you go to log online. There's like eight different eight yep. different networks you can connect to. Yeah. Um, all varying strengths, but either of them would give you the internet yeah. if you could connect. Yes. Yes, and they all connect to each other, and and you know, free so, internet so for what's, the world. So what's the issue with that? Is it because they're not autonomous? Um, well, the issue at at the moment, as far as I can tell, is just that people. They're, they're really greedy bastards it, and they don't want to share their shit. <laughs> no, it's, it's not like that. It's just it, it takes time to get on. But I was looking at the Melbourne Wireless site last night and it reminded me of looking at like a, a, a bulletin board or, or something from like 20 years ago because it's like they're all DIYers and it looks like I guess there's the, uh, perhaps a little more tech, technical understanding than I realized was involved. Is there a big community there? Uh yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's probably hundreds, maybe thousands of, of people there doing that. That's a good start. Yeah, yeah. And so so it looks very like very grassroots, very very gritty. But um, so what, what they but need it's like in, that hacker spirit. Yeah. Uh, that gets things done. They, they, they need a, they need some kind of user interface that allows you to. Yeah. So so it's like a similar thing with Bitcoin. Bitcoin isn't. Uh, quite primed yet for for mainstream adoption because of the user interface issues mm-hmm. uh, like you you have to put in this long string of of uh, characters to to send money to yeah somebody. when are we going to change um, away from that because I know a lot of people talk about the, the Bitcoin landscape like the internet back in yeah, the eighties or early nineties yeah. or you know what yeah. I mean like where where it wasn't user friendly I think yeah. that was because people never had technology the, yeah. te- the technology is in abundance everyone yeah. can use it yeah it's just the the, the nice way of being able to trade isn't there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about um, the work of uh, Luc, Luc Montagne. Yeah, man, throw that down. Uh, so Luc, Luc Montagne is uh, a Nobel Prize laureate. Uh, he won the Nobel Prize for uh, isolating the HIV virus. So before that, people didn't really know what caused AIDS or like you used to call it grids, like gay. Yeah, it, it, gay, didn't, even, you know, it didn't even have a name. Like it wasn't even. Right. It wasn't even a real disease. They, they didn't know it was a virus, so he isolated the HIV. Um, and um, the, the interesting thing about this is um, how his his recent research. He had to quit France and and go to China because China seems to be more open minded or more willing to give money to wackos. I don't know which. Um, <laughs> and um, so so. Um, his his ideas may or his experiments may have some um, some implications in terms of um, 
some alternative medicines like homeopathy. So uh, when you talk to somebody who's, who's a skeptic or someone who's well-educated, the, um, the normal criticism that they bring up about homeopathy, um, some of them will say, ah, it's impossible, it cannot work. Um, they say because, um, because uh, these chemicals, that is the, the molecules, are, are the same, and if once you dilate some, sorry, once you dilute something, uh, like with a, with a, a drop in a, a swimming pool, something like that, uh, and then you take a, take a thimble from the other end of the swimming pool, there's not going to be any molecules of that substance in, in that thimble. Um, but my question would be, um, posing an analogy, something like uh, the difference between uh, butane and, and methane. So, so butane and methane are two separate molecules, two separate chem, um, chemicals, compounds, chemical compounds. Um, but they're both made of hydrogen or carbon. So if I looked at it from a reductive perspective, I would say, well, how can they be different? Obviously, they're the same. They're both carbon and they're, they're both hydrogen, nothing more. But, of course, then th there is something more because uh, this is somewhat a, a fallacy of composition because they're just looking at the parts, they're not looking at how those individual parts combine. Mm -hmm. so, so something like butane has, uh, has an ignition point of 405 degrees Celsius, methane has 580 degrees Celsius. They have separate properties, even though they're made of the same parts. So my question would be an, an analogy uh, to, to ask that about, about molecules. So yes, mo molecules, if you have one glass of water and another glass of water, um, yes, they're both H2O, but does that mean the molecular, uh, at a molecular level, does that mean that they don't have some other structure that we don't know about, um, just, just like somewhat analogous to, a, to a, a, an atomic structure, a chemical structure, I should say. Um, so um, so the, work, the work of uh, Luc Montagne, he did this experiment um, with DNA. So, um, so to give you a, a basic rundown of the experiment, uh, he took DNA at a high dilution um, and he, he put it in, um, in a test tube and next to it was a test tube of, of pure water. Now, from the DNA sample, he could um, look at it and uh, look at, at the electromagnetic um, radiation that it gives off at this high dilution. Um, and, uh, and from that, there was a kind of signature of the DNA. Um, so he put these th put these things in like a um, a Faraday cage or an electromagnetic proof box, uh, and then he he pumped um, seven hertz of electromagnetic radiation through them. And what he found after eighteen hours of being in the box, the signature from the DNA was detectable in the second test tube, the test tube of of pure water. So some people, uh, when the experiment came out, they described that as teleportation. And I, I have to wonder if it's, if it's something else. It's like this, uh, the transmission of the, the information in the DNA, but not necessarily the physical matter of the DNA itself. Mm -hmm. um, so so if, if his experiments are accurate, if the results are accurate, if they're uh, replicatable, then uh, I think it definitely has some implications. There's, of the, been, a, there's been a few studies where... Yeah. where DNA has been able to, where they, they remove DNA and it yeah. still shows signature. Right. Like, uh, I'm sure that there's, there's been a photon yeah. experiment where 
I'm not sure of the details exactly. Okay. They remove the DNA and the D like the light resembles what the D where the DNA was and what like the, exactly what it was, even though there's no sign of it being there. Right. I mean, you know, you can talk about transportation or talk about like how it's or, or how light works with DNA, but DNA is a totally like there, there's there's something else there mm. that no one's really cracked open yet. Yeah, well, an interesting idea, which is pretty, pretty wacky, but uh, worth considering. It's very interesting. It's that, uh, I first heard this from the, this this guy called David Wilcock, and he's kind of a, a psychic uh, or he's a genius. <laughs> are, you, are you familiar with? It? Uh, well, I, I I am. I've got a couple okay. of his books. I. Uh-huh. I really I like I like listening to his work. He, he's put together a, a lot of information. Yeah. Um, it's it's a lot of information. What what I like I mean, what's coming to mind in particular is his his belief that he's a, a reincarnation of Edgar Casey. Yeah. yeah. Are you familiar with, with all that? I mean, that's pretty. Yeah, a little bit down but there. I don't know much about Edgar. That's a little Casey, bit about the, the crazy, the yeah. crazy <laughs> side. Yeah, in more of a while. But the the idea which I've I thought might relate. To, um, to to Montaigne's work is uh, this this idea that uh, the double helix is a sort of cosmic resonance, like there's this subtle wave emanating through the entire universe uh, mm-hmm. with with uh, like the seed of life in there, and and I, I wonder if you know it it enters in into water, the the water kind of resonates, and and then the molecules get attracted and formulate in this amino acid or something like that. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it is a higher, it's a higher level. Yeah. It's a higher level of, of life transmission. Mm. It's, uh, it's, it's like saying that the, the light itself has life, mm. or at least the light has the instructions of life. I mean, a lot of people re- yeah. refer to the sun as being, able to, as being able to give life. Yeah. By the way, the photons in the, the water react. And yeah. in, in DNA is like that exact uh, residual effect of light and water. Yep. Dancing, yeah, yeah. I I haven't got the scientific words or the studies to back that up, but I'm sure <laughs> David Wilcox does. He talks <laughs> oh, a lot he'll about just bullshit. The they spit something out his ass. No, but, but the, the point is, <laughs> the point is that they, they haven't joined those dots yet. Yeah. I mean, they they talk a lot about junk DNA and yeah. how how there's different there's different parts within us that are, that are activated mm-hmm. depending on. You know our interactions. I mean, this is coming back to yeah, you know we're seeing this through epigenetics. Yeah. But the, the the concept of of DNA being the the architecture or the 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 blueprints, and then RNA being like the the instructions or the metadata to the data and how mm-hmm. we react with that. Yeah. Like where, where do this? I I'm not too sure exactly if anyone has put that together well enough to educate anybody on. On, on what that means spiritually. I mean, they haven't, they haven't joined it. They haven't connected the science and the spiritualism together yet. I mean, there's the scientists like uh, Haramei Nassim that talk about the, the toroidal field of, mm-hmm. uh, of, of the electromagnetic heart and how that, how that interacts. Um, I mean, that, that, that all goes into the, the human resonance, mm-hmm. the uh, well, morphic fields. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know you want to say this because it, there's so much more in it to yeah. cover. But the DNA itself has like has has hidden secrets, yeah. And and no one's really no one's really talking about it too much, other than those mysterious mystery schools. <laughs> yeah, all the all the lunatic fringe. Well, uh, yeah. So basically, what's going to happen is in the next twenty years, there's going to be an artificial t- 
artificial intelligence drone delivered to your door that comes in and gives you homeopathic nanobots to I make you live my for window. a thousand years. Did you want to live a thousand years? <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, it's better to have the opportunity. Better to have the option. Options. I do know that. Options. <laughs> I like options. Whatever happens. So, um, yeah, I, th I think we're we're about to finish you, up. You want to wrap it up on that? Yeah, yeah, it's good. Uh, so, so my name's Kurt Robinson. Aaron Battle. Yep. So press like, press subscribe, uh, follow us on Twitter. Check out the website, para uh, theparadiseparadox.com. Another episode, um, Paradise yep. Paradox. Great. Thanks, guys.